speaker this morning will be uh, Patrick Smith and, of course, his wife, Heather. They're here with us this morning. Now, they live in the area, and they have visited with, with us numerous times, as we all know them. And um, uh, Heather is uh, Gabe Dixon, and we all know the, the Dixon family. It's uh, uh, his cousin. So um, he comes from a good family. Of course, we know them well. We love the Dixon family. And uh, he come very highly recommended, very sound. Uh, he, is, he has preached at the Red Hill Congregation in Bledsoe, uh, Flat Top on, at Jones Gap, uh, Cagle Mountain Church, and uh, Morgansville. And uh, we look forward to hearing him this morning. Like I said, he comes very highly recommended, and uh, we are thankful you have us. Come speak to us, brother. Good morning. It's nice to be here with y'all. I don't know about highly recommended, but I'm glad to have the chance to be here to preach to y'all and grow closer to God together. Uh, if you'll be turning with me to Luke 50, sorry, Luke 2, verse 52, I want to start there. In Luke 2, verse 52. And what I want to talk about this morning is as Christians, you know, how are we growing? You know, as, you know, as little kids, when you grow up, a lot of us have, you know, if we have siblings, you end up putting your height on like a wall or like a column of the house. And you start, you know, every year, you know, measuring how tall you are. And me and my brother, we have just little notches, you know, all through our, you know, our lives growing up. And, you know, and we do things like that, you know, all throughout our lives, you know, figuring out ways we grow on this earth, you know, whether that's physically, you know, you know, how high we get or, you know, how tall we get, and then, you know, how, you know, what are our accomplishments? You know, what are we doing on this earth? You know, have we met this goal? Are we, you know, reached this height that we had set it for ourselves? But the Bible tells us as Christians, we're meant to grow spiritually as well. In Luke 2, starting at, uh, at verse 52, it reads, And Jesus increased in wisdom and stature and in favor with God and men. You know, this is Jesus Christ, you know, when he was on this earth, you know, he was growing as well. You know, it tells us here, you know, he grew physically, you know, he grew in stature. You know, he went from a little kid to a man. You know, he, you know, he was 33 years old when he passed on this earth. And we see here that, you know, Jesus, the person, you know, the son of God, continued to grow when he was on this earth. As Christians who are meant to be Christ-like, we have that same obligation to strive to grow, to strive to grow in some of the same ways he did. And if you turn with me to Ephesians 4, in Ephesians 4, verses 12 and 13, with these two verses, we, th we see three things that confirm how we need to grow and what we need to do as we're growing. In Ephesians, Ephesians 4, verses 12 through 13, it reads, For the equipping of the saints, for the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ, till we all come to the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God, to a perfect man, to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. So the three things I want to focus on tonight is, as Christians, how are we equipping ourselves in wisdom? You know, how are we equipping ourselves for the work of the ministry? You know, in Luke uh, 2, we saw that Jesus was growing in wisdom. You know, the Son of God, someone who knew the plan of salvation, he knew God's will, 
was still striving to make sure that he was growing in wisdom while he was on this earth. And it's our job to do the same. We're, make, we're meant to make sure that we have everything we need you know, to go out and do God's will. You know, I remember the story of David when he was going to battle Goliath. You know, he was trying to find armor, but nothing fit him. You know, he didn't have the physical preparations, you know, he needed to go out and do that battle. But David knew, as we do as Christians, he knew that, you know, God gave him an armor. With God on his side, he had everything he needed to go into that battle. If you turn with me in Ephesians to chapter 6, In Ephesians 6, starting at verse 13, it reads, Therefore, take up the whole armor of God, that you may be able to withstand in the evil day, and having done all, to stand. Here we see that, you know, we have an armor from God. You know, we have the things we need to be equipped to go out and do His will. You know, it says right here to stand up, you know, against whatever happens to us while we're on this earth. And that should be such a comforting thought. You know, we go through and we read, you know, what this armor does for us, you know, in the next couple of verses. And we know that God has given us all these things, that these aren't, you know, an impossible armor for us to carry, that this armor fits us. You know, David wasn't able to wear Saul's armor. It didn't fit him. You know, he wasn't able to fight in it. But God has given us an armor that fits us as we go about our day-to-day lives. And if you'll turn me to Romans 13... In Romans 13, verse 12. And I know I use a lot of verses, uh, so I always try to make sure I tell every congregation I preach at, you know, you're welcome to come to me to, you know, let me give you the verses I use to, you know, to go over, you know, what we've preached here and read out of the Bible. But in Romans 13, verse 12, it reads, The night is far spent, the day is at hand, Therefore, let us cast off the works of darkness and let us put on the armor of light. Again, we read, you know, that we have this armor of light as Christians, and it's something that, you know, we can put on and be prepared to go out. You know, the Bible tells us we're meant to be good soldiers for Christ. We're meant to go out. We're meant to do battle. And we need to be prepared to do that. You know, every day we should be equipping ourselves, you know, ready to face the day. You know, we have to make sure we're protecting ourselves and we have what we need to go out and help others. And that's something that doesn't just come naturally. You know, a lot of times, you know, in historical battles, you know, people would spend, you know, time putting on armor, you know, one piece at a time, making sure everything was fit and they had everything they needed. As Christians, we're meant to do the same. You know, the Bible tells us, you know, we're meant to study the scripture daily and we're meant to pray to God daily. There's daily things we're meant to do So we're prepared for whatever the day throws at us. Without doing those things, without putting on the armor of God, you know, we are easily able to be overcome. If you turn with me to 2 Timothy, I want to look at two passages in 2 Timothy. Starting in chapter 3, verses 16 and 17. It reads, All scripture is given by inspiration of God, and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness, that the man of God may be complete, thoroughly equipped for every good work. Again, we see this word equipped. You know, and it tells us, you know, we can be equipped for every good work. 
and you know, in today's world, you know, that seems like an impossibility to a lot of us. We doubt ourselves, you know, we doubt what we're able to do. But the Bible tells us if we follow God, if we're going to God, if we're leaning on Him, we can be equipped for every good work. That when we go out and do God's will, we have everything we need. You know, and it tells us right here, all scripture is given by inspiration of God. You know, what the Bible tells us, what, you know, we're given in the Old and New Testament is given to us by God so we can go grow in wisdom, so we can equip ourselves to do his work. If you turn to chapter 2, verses 21 and 22, it reads, Therefore, if anyone cleanses himself from the latter, he will be a vessel for honor, sanctified and useful for the master, prepared for every good work. You right here again it says we can be prepared for every good work. You know, this isn't something that's, you know, impossible for us to reach. You know, it's not something that, you know, is so far above us. You know, a lot of times we look at the heroes of the Bible and think, you know, they're on such a higher pedestal than we'll ever be able to get to. You know, these people in the Hall of Fame of the Faithful, you know, who put all their trust and, you know, ability towards God. You know, a lot of times we think, well, they're a hero of the Bible, and I'm just, you know, someone trying to live day by day. But the Bible tells us, you know, we can live the same type of life they live. We have everything that they have, and we can make sure that we're growing in the same way those heroes of the Bible grew. We need to make sure that, you know, we're constantly, you know, preparing ourselves with that God gave us, because he gave us everything we need. You know, in the Old Testament, we see heroes asking God for strength and getting strength. Like Samson, we see, you know, Solomon praying for wisdom and, you know, God granting wisdom. But God tells us in the New Testament that he'll give us those same things. You know, we talked about Philippians 4. You know, Philippians tells us, you know, God will be able to, you know, give us what we need on this earth. Uh, if you turn to me to Philippians 4, verse 19. It reads, And my God shall supply all your need according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. Now, right before this verse, you know, Paul is talking about the physical needs that he had and the different churches had and how they were helping one another. But we also know from the Bible that, you know, while God does make sure that we have our physical needs, we also know that we have everything spiritually that we need. You know, God didn't leave anything out that we needed to get to heaven. You know, there's nothing left out of the Bible, some missing piece that we need to be just as strong as these heroes, you know, in the Old and New Testaments. If you go back to verse 13 in Philippians 4, it reads, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. You know, that's just as true today as it was back then. We might not be performing miracles like they did, but as Christians, we have everything we need through Christ to live life you know, day by day, to make sure that we're, you know, striving to walk in the light as he needs us to walk. If you turn with me to Jeremiah, in Jeremiah 1, verses 4 through 9, it reads, Then the word of the Lord came to me, saying, Before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. Before you were born, I sanctified you. I ordained you a prophet to the nations. Then I said, Ah, Lord God, behold, I cannot speak, for I am a youth. But the Lord said to me, Do not say, I am a youth, 
For you shall go to all to whom I send you, and whatever I commanded you, you shall speak. Do not be afraid of their faces, for I am with you to deliver you, says the Lord. Then the Lord put forth his hand and touched my mouth, and the Lord said to me, Behold, I have put my words in your mouth. You know, here we see from Jeremiah, you know, that God knows us. You know, he knows, you know, who we are. He knows what we're capable of. You know, Jesus Christ is our high priest. You know, he lived the life on this earth, and he knows the temptations we go through. He knows the sufferings we go through, the different trials we face. You know, we don't have a high priest who doesn't know our struggles. God says, I know who you are. I knew you from the womb. And he says, you know, I've given you. Right here he tells Jeremiah, I have put my words in your mouth. You know, we have God's word right here just like Jeremiah did. We have what we need to go out and do God's will just like Jeremiah did. So those are verses that talk about, you know, how we're meant to equip ourselves and be prepared to grow in wisdom. You know, how we're meant to use that wisdom in day-to-day life to make sure that we have everything we need, everything that God has given us to grow and do better work as Christians. The next thing I want to talk about is, you know, growing with our brothers and sisters in Christ. You know, it tells us that, you know, Jesus grew in favor with men. You know, he grew in favor with the people he was around. He was going out, you know, talking with people and making sure that, you know, people could understand him. You know, and we read the same thing in Ephesians 4, where we're meant to edify others. As Christians, you know, we're meant to go out and try to preach and save other people, you know, people that don't know God. But it tells us especially to make sure that we're encouraging one another on our walk in this life, that we're edifying one another, building one another up in Christ. You know, God gives us what we need, and part of that is the family we can have in the church. You know, we're meant to bear one another's burdens. You know, the Bible tells us, you know, one stick can be easily broken, but when you start putting them together, it's a little bit tougher to break them. You know, as Christians, we're meant to have that mentality. If you turn to me to Ephesians 4, Ephesians 4, starting at verse 1 and going through verse 6. It reads, I, therefore, the prisoner of the Lord, beseech you to walk worthy of the calling with which you were called, with all lowliness and gentleness and long-suffering, bearing with one another in love, endeavoring to keep the unity of the Spirit and the bond of peace. There is one body and one Spirit, just as you were called in one hope of your calling, one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all, who is above all and through all and in you all. You know, this is such a... You know, great verse that talks about, you know, the unity of the church. You know, we're meant to have this. But if you're not talking to your brothers and sisters, if you're not, you know, part of their life, if you're not making sure that you know what's going on in the people, you know, around us in the church, you know, you don't know where they're at. It reminds me, you know, our physical bodies, you know, when our hand hurts, we know something's wrong with it. You know, we go to the doctor, we try to figure out what happened. You know, did I hit it while working or, you know, whatever happened to our hand? As Christians, we have to make sure we know what's going on with other members of the body of Christ. You know, we can't let, you know, someone in the church, you know, be suffering silently and us not know about it. We have to make sure that we can be a part of their life to know when one another is hurting so we can help bear that burden, so we can help take care of that pain. If you turn with me to Proverbs, in Proverbs 27... 
verse 17. It reads, As iron sharpens iron, so a man sharpens the countenance of his friend. You know, this tells us, you know, that we're meant to take care of one another and sharpen one another up. You know, the Bible a lot of times compares us, you know, to different metals. You know, it tells us, you know, we're going to be tried through fire and we need to come out as gold. You know, and some of the ways to have a better chance of going through those is with friends. You know, to make sure that we're relying on each other in the church. You know, through that relationship we can have, you know, through that bond we can have as fellow brothers and sisters in Christ, you know, we're supposed to be able to overcome things easier. You know, this Christian walk is not meant to be taken alone. You know, a lot of times we don't like asking for help. You know, we don't like telling people of the problems we're having or and the different things we're facing. But we realize that God gave us this family. This was part of his plan for the church that we rely on one another. We need to make sure that we're constantly sharpening one another up and building one another up so we can continue this walk together. I mean, Paul called this, you know, an endurance run. You know, it's not a race to see if you can get there the fastest. It's meant to be a race that you keep running, something you have to endure. And we can endure this race together and make it a whole lot easier if we rely on one another. If you turn me to Colossians, in Colossians, starting at chapter 2, verse 2, I want to look at a couple of these different verses throughout Colossians, you know, that talk about, you know, how we are meant to be as Christians. In Colossians 2, verse 2, it reads that their hearts may be encouraged, being knit together in love, and attaining to all the riches of the full assurance of understanding, to the knowledge of the mystery of God, both of the Father and of the Christ. You know, the first part of this, that their hearts may be encouraged, being knit together in love. You know, we're meant to be knit together as Christians. You know, that's meant to be the, you know, how close we're meant to be. You know, if you knit together a scarf and, you know, the, you know, the knots aren't very tight, it's not going to do its job as a scarf. You know, the way knitting works is you want to have that yarn as close as you can to make sure that you can have that pattern going throughout the whole thing. We're meant to be knit together in that love. In Colossians 3, verse 16, It reads, Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly in all wisdom, teaching and admonishing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing with grace in your hearts to the Lord. You know, a lot of times we, you know, focus on, you know, the second part of this verse, you know, singing, you know, psalms and hymns to one another, you know, singing in grace with our hearts to the Lord. And, you know, this is, you know, part of the reason we don't use musical instruments in church. You know, but the first part of this tells us, you know, we're meant to teach and admonish one another. You know, we're meant to make sure that, you know, we're helping one another understand God's word, helping one another, you know, build a better foundation. You know, there's churches, you know, in the New Testament that were, you know, still drinking milk, it says, when they needed to be eating solid food. And a part of that was because they weren't striving to grow together. You know, everyone was busy with their own lives, I'm sure, and they weren't striving to grow towards God. In Colossians 4, verse 8, It reads, I am sending him to you for this very purpose, that he may know of your circumstances and comfort your hearts. You know, right here we see Paul sending a, you know, a stronger brother in Christ, you know, to a church so he can know, you know, what their circumstances, you know, what they're going through 
and comfort their hearts. You know, as Christians, we need to do the same. Make sure that we're talking with one another, you know, knowing one another's circumstances and trying to comfort one another. You know, the Bible makes it seem like such a simple and easy thing, but we know we're all people. We have our, all have our own lives, you know, and a lot of times it's hard to mesh them together. You know, but we're brought here together, you know, every Sunday, you know, every Wednesday to talk with one another, have fellowship with one another. You know, we praise God, we sing God, we, you know, we go to his word, but we're also meant to go to one another in this building. You know, Hebrews tells us, you know, don't forsake the assembly of the saints. You know, part of that is because, you know, it's such great it does for us. You know, this virus has, you know, showed us a lot that, you know, it's very hard to be a Christian when you don't have people to rely on. You know, yes, you can go online and you can still see, you know, the sermons. You can still hear the singing. But being able to be with people, to be able to have that fellowship that God intended, makes it so much easier to be a strong Christian. If you turn to me to Romans 15. In Romans 15. Starting at verse 2, it reads, Let each of us please his neighbor for his good, leading to edification. For even Christ did not please himself, but as it is written, the reproaches of those who reproached you fell on me. For whatever things were written before were written for our learning, that we, through patience and comfort of the scriptures, might have hope. Now may the God of patience and comfort grant you to be like-minded toward one another according to Christ. You know, as Christians... You know, once again, we see so many verses like this that tell us, you know, that this is how we're meant to handle one another. This is how we're meant to be as Christians. We're meant to let each one of us, you know, edify one another. That we're meant to have the same patience and comfort that God gives us and strive to give that to others. You know, there's so many verses in the Bible that talks about this. And a lot of times we, you know, seem to forget it or, you know, we get too caught up in the life we have. As Christians, we have to ask ourselves, you know, does this describe us? You know, is this where I'm at? You know, is this the growth that I am showing in my Christian walk? You know, the Bible tells us, you know, we need to have that law of love to bear one another's burdens. You know, are, are we exemplifying passages like these? If you turn with me to Hebrews 10, I want to look at Hebrews 10, starting at verse 23, before we go to the last point. In Hebrews 10, starting at verse 23, it reads, Let us hold fast the confession of our hope without wavering, for he who promised is faithful. And let us consider one another, sorry, and let us consider one another in order to store up love and good works, not forsaking the assembly of ourselves together, as is the manner of some, but exhorting one another, and so much more as you see the day approaching. You know, I've already mentioned verse 25, you know, not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together. But I want to focus on verse 24 a little bit as well, where he's stirring up love and good works. You know, that's a physical action. You know, that's something we have to go out and do. It's not something that, you know, just happens by presence. It's not something that, you know, is automatic. It's something that tells us we have to go out and stir up love. You know, as Christians, we have to make sure that, we're making that action, taking that action to know one another, 
taking the action to know our circumstances and striving to comfort and edify one another. The last point I want to talk about, I want to start in Job. In Job 13, verse 23. It reads, How many are my iniquities and sins? Make me know my transgression and my sin. A lot of us as human beings on this earth, we end up having a, a negative mindset. You know, instead of being optimistic like we're meant to be in the Bible, instead of, you know, following all the good passages that tell us, you know, to strive for peace, to have that, you know, joy and you know happiness that God can provide, a lot of times we we doubt ourselves. You know, we end up getting caught in, you know, I'm not doing the best job I need to do, or I'm stumbling with this, or I'm struggling with these different things. You know, Job says, you know, how many are my iniquities and sins, you know, make me know my transgression and my sin. You know, a lot of us ask ourselves, you know, kind of that same question, you know, what am I doing wrong? You know, instead of focusing on what we do right, we get caught up in so much of the negative. But if we read the Bible, you know, we know that we can, you know, live a life, you know, following God, being people after God's own heart. You know, we read stories about these, you know, heroes of the Bible, those people we put on a pedestal we mentioned earlier. But a lot of them struggled just like we did. You know, one of the reasons I believe the Bible has to be from God, because if it was, you know, if it was man-made stories, they wouldn't want their heroes to be seen in a bad light. But we see people like David in the Old Testament, you know, a man that was called a man after God's own heart, and we see his sin. You know, we see the problems he had with Bathsheba. We see the problems he had raising his family. You know, we see all the different things that David, you know, struggled with in his life. You know, yes, he was a man after God's own heart, but he still struggled and still had different temptations and trials just like we do today. You know, we see these, and we should be reminded that this walk that God wants us to do is not impossible. The way we're meant to live our life, we're expected to stumble. You know, God tells us we're all going to fall short. But the great thing that God has given us is he's given us a chance to pick ourselves back up. So when we do stumble, we can, you know, try to grow from it. We can try to, you know, learn from it. We can repent of it and have that second chance to keep walking. It's not a, you know, you fail this many times and, you know, you can't get to heaven no more. The Bible tells us we can keep striving to walk toward God. If you turn back to me to Ephesians, but in chapter 5, Ephesians 5 Verses 8 through 11. It reads, For you were once darkness, but now you are light in the Lord. Walk as children of light, for the fruit of the Spirit is in all goodness, righteousness, and truth. Finding out what is acceptable to the Lord, and have no fellowship with the unfruitful works of darkness, but rather expose them. You know, right here, you know, verse 11, it, you know, it seems so extreme. You know, have no fellowship with the unfruitful works of the darkness. And we're meant to. We're not meant to have anything to do with, you know, the past life we lived. It said you were once in darkness and now you are in the light. But verse 10 is so comforting to me because it says, finding out what is acceptable to the Lord. You know, when we first become Christians, when we first start this walk, you know, we have that passion, we have that zeal, but we don't have all the knowledge we need sometimes. We don't have, you know, the experience through life. We don't have you know, the strength of other Christians. You know, the Bible, you know, we mentioned earlier, you know, there's some Christians that are still, you know, being weaned on milk, and there's some that are eating solid food. 
you know, we're meant to become stronger as Christians. And part of that is finding out what is acceptable to the Lord. You know, we're not meant to know everything right off the bat. We're not meant to, you know, have all the answers. But as Christians, we know we're meant to be trying to find them out. We're meant to be going to God in, in prayer and going to God's word to figuring out how we're meant to live our life, you know, how we deal with different situations and how we handle, you know, what comes our way. In Micah 6, verse 8, In Micah 6, verse 8, it reads, He has shown you, O man, what is good, and what does the Lord require of you, but to do justly, to love mercy, and to walk humbly with your God. This is such a simple passage, but it tells us as Christians what we're meant to doing, be doing. It tells us, you know, first, that God has shown us what is good. You know, God has given us everything we need. And it tells us what God requires us of to do, to do justly, you know, to follow what he's told us to do, you know, to love mercy. You know, God gave us mercy. We're meant to give the same back, and we're meant to walk as much as we can with God. You know, there's so many different things in the Bible of, you know, what you do and what you not do, and it's so easy to think of our failures. But the Bible tells us to strive to walk humbly with your God, you know, strive to do everything you can to be who God needs you to be. You're going to stumble but God tells us that you know we can pick ourselves back up and keep walking with him. If you turn me to 2 Timothy and 2 Timothy 2 verse 15 it reads be diligent to present yourself approved to God a worker who does not need to be ashamed Rightly dividing the word of truth. You know, this is, you know, something great that Paul told Timothy that we can all apply to ourselves. You know, we have to be diligent as Christians. You know, like we mentioned earlier, we have to make sure that we're growing in wisdom and equipping ourselves with everything we need. But if we do that, you know, if we're striving to, you know, rely on the brothers and sisters, if we're striving to, you know, go to God's word, if we're striving to be the best Christians we can be, it tells us we can be approved to God. Someone who doesn't have to be ashamed. You know, we're going to mess up. We're going to stumble. But, you know, when the day of judgment comes, God's going to focus on our positives. You know, God's going to focus on what we are trying to do. You know, how are we trying to live our life? Are we trying to walk in the light? You know, being able to say, you know, am I approved of God? You know, a lot of times their negative thoughts, you know, want to say no. Or they want to say, well, I've done all these things this week, or I'm struggling here. I'm not going... You know, I'm not praying like I need to, or I'm not studying the scriptures like I need to. But the Bible tells us, you know, we can pick ourselves back up, begin keep striving to walk with God. And if we do so, you know, we can walk with him in the light. The last verse I want to look at is back in Colossians chapter 1. In Colossians 1, verses 8 through 11. It reads, Who also declared to us your love in the Spirit. For this reason we also, since the day we heard it, do not cease to pray for you and ask that you may be filled with the knowledge of his will and all wisdom and spiritual understanding, that you may walk worthy of the Lord, 
fully pleasing him, being fruitful in every good work and increasing in the knowledge of God, strengthened with all might according to his glorious power for all patience and long suffering with joy. You know, right here we see, you know, what where they were praying for for each other in, you know, the the first century, you know, what Christians were striving for, you know, what they were working for. You know, it says that, you know, they were trying to increase their knowledge. You know, they were trying to make sure that, you know, everyone was had what they needed and everyone was being fruitful for every good work. You know, as a community, as a church, you know, that was what their goal was, you know, to grow stronger and to help one another grow stronger. And it tells us in verse 10 that you may walk worthy of the Lord, fully pleasing to him. You know, that's such a great statement that we need to make sure that we understand we can do that same thing today. You know, it's not something they, you know, had the ability to do because they walked with Jesus that we don't have that same ability. You know, a lot of the first century Christians, you know, weren't able to see Jesus. You know, a lot of them, you know, didn't see Jesus or when he was alive, didn't believe in him. You know, the disciples were kind of the minority at the time, you know, and then, you know, we see how the church grew. You know, we're in the same spot as the people in the Old Testament and the people in the New Testament. God's given us what we need. You know, God's told us we can prepare for our day. We, you know, we have different people we can rely on. And if we work together, we know that we can have that home in heaven with God someday. Today, if you find that you haven't measured up how you need to, if you find that your growth is, you know, stunted a little, if you have any need or any concern, please come forward as we stand and as we sing.